This is the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Cattle, intuitive life coach, mama, and multiple hat wearer. I've learned firsthand that pregnancy is our invitation to awaken the divine that is already within. In this podcast, I'll show you how you can invite self-love, acceptance, connection, and intuition into your day so you too can have an incredible journey into mamahood. Keep listening for today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. If you are new around here, the biggest hello, I am Kate and I'm your host and I'm so excited to have you here. And if you have been here for a while, please know I am deeply grateful for your support of the podcast. I love bringing these conversations to you and the more that you share and comment and tell me about your experience with the podcast and how it is impacting you, the more it fuels me to continue to bring these conversations to our show. So today I have a very exciting conversation for you. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. I feel like I say that every week, which is a good thing. So today we are talking about matrescence. Matrescence is the term used to describe the transition that a woman goes through from the time she decides she wants to conceive and it continues through to motherhood with an undefined beginning and end. And as a vastly different experience for all women, it can feel lonely, confusing and isolating to learn who we are on the other side of the birth of our child. In this week's episode, I speak with Chelsea Robinson. Chelsea is a motherhood therapist, a postpartum doula, a wife, and a mother. Like so many other women called to work with women on their journey of motherhood, it wasn't until Chelsea experienced the profound change within herself as she transitioned from woman to mother. Spending several years digging more deeply into her own becoming mama, she came across the concept of matrescence, which unlocked so many doors for her and greatly empowered her in her motherhood transition. Throughout her work with women and mothers, she has continued to see a theme around how much influence society has on what women believe about themselves. She enjoys working with women and mothers to de-socialize themselves, taking what works for them while creating themselves as they grow to trust their own beautiful intuition. She now offers matrescence coaching, therapy to women anywhere along their journey to becoming mama, couple counseling to expecting new parents, mama circles and blessings, and a variety of other workshops throughout the year. Chelsea believes not only does it take a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to raise a mama. In this episode, we cover what is matrescence. If you're unsure of what this is, this could be quite liberating for you to discover where Chelsea's passion came from to nurture women through this time in their life, the rebirth of the woman into motherhood, what does the matrescence experience actually look like and how can we care for ourselves when we are also learning to nurture our little babies, the role of self-care and the importance of self-respect, how to prepare for matrescence before baby arrives. This is particularly relevant if you are preconception, you're currently trying to conceive or you are pregnant right now. The one thing she wishes that every woman knew before they embarked on this time, how Chelsea can support you now if you are in need of some deeper guidance. This is such a beautiful episode and conversation and something that I personally am very passionate about changing the societal perception on. So I am really, really happy to bring it to you today. I want to introduce you to the wonderful Chelsea. Hello, Chelsea. Welcome to the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I am so excited for this conversation today. As I was just saying to you before we started recording, I had a conversation with a client literally right before this on this exact topic. I know how timely it is. So welcome to the podcast. I can't wait to dive in. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. 
It's such a pleasure. So let's let's start at kind of a definition. So for anyone who doesn't know what matrescence is, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about that. So obviously that's where your focus is and it's on nurturing women through matrescence. For these, you know, for the beautiful humans in my community who aren't crystal clear on what that means, can you please like help us understand that? And then I'd also love to know a little bit about your story and how you came to work in this space. Oh, absolutely. This is obviously one of the topics that I can't get enough of. So I am excited to share more about matrescence. So matrescence is the profound transition of a woman to mother. It was first coined by Dana Raphael, a medical anthropologist in 1973, and has since been catching more and more attention, especially thanks to Dr. Athen at Columbia University. Um, But to unpack this rather large concept in a little bit more detail, matrescence is the dramatic hormonal, emotional, and physical changes that take place as the woman becomes a mother. It really is encompassing of all the changes that she experiences on this journey. So it's looking at her relationships, her career, her values, her views on social justice, her desire for financial stability, literally all of it. Um, And these changes actually begin when the, the moment that the woman decides that she's ready to conceive. So for so many women, when they first hear of this concept, it is as if they finally really feel seen on their journey. It explains almost this mystery of what they have been experiencing and hopefully helps them feel less alone in their experience. Um, So a little bit more for me on my personal journey and professionally, um, I know when I first learned of matrescence, I was deep in my own transition from woman to mother. It felt like now I finally had a way of reflecting on my own journey with more compassion and a deeper understanding for how truly profound my own transition to mother was. Um, I think that, you know, we often think that, okay, I'm going to like pop out this baby and I'm going to know how to do all the things motherhood. And it just wasn't that easy by any stretch of the imagination. And the more I understood this concept of matrescence, the more I was like, aha, I now have a way of really framing my own experience. Amazing. So, so powerful. And, you know, while you were speaking then, I was um, thinking about like the preparation for motherhood. And I know for me, I was really, um, I was really prepared in the practical things that from the outside we think are important to know going into motherhood. And they were like, you know, understanding, you know, what my baby would need to be able to sleep at home and like some of the fundamentals of breastfeeding, which was important to me and, you know, making sure that I had support around me for those initial six weeks and so on. However, I feel like for me, my, like my I was going to say my undoing, but that's not what it is. My my experience of becoming a mother, the part of it that has challenged me and that I have had to learn a lot about was the parts of motherhood that I could have never anticipated would be a thing to explore, which I think, you know, I, I, I find it now quite liberating to think that we just need to be so focused on being connected to ourselves so that we can show up in those moments able to support ourselves rather than being focused on like, how can I get all my ducks in a row so that I can still be who I am right now when I become a mother? It's like, yeah, I think, I think that the unpredictability is kind of the point. Like that's, I don't know, I'm I'm three years deep now, so I can say that, but I didn't say that when I was like four months deep. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I mean, I, I wanted to ask you as well, just on this topic. So 
when you say it's um, the transition from woman to like into mother, is this something that happens with only the first child or is this something that women like that it continues to happen, that they experience matrescence again, you know, with subsequent children? It continues to happen. Mm. So it looks different with each child um, that they that they conceive and then give birth to. But those those deep um, sense of who am I? Who am I to my first and now to my second? How do I balance being a mother with two children and also a partner? So this this uh, mm. transition just continues to evolve with each child they have, which is so beautiful and powerful. And I know also can be quite unsettling this like undefined beginning and undefined end but yeah it's um I mean I know we're going to get more into supporting ourselves through this period but I think that um that has certainly been one of my biggest lessons of motherhood is being able to surrender and you know notice the areas that um require me to really show up and notice the areas where it's just time to pull back and just flow with it and see what happens (laughs) Oh, that's where it's at, right? It's, it mm. is. Motherhood is all about just that surrendering. Mm, amazing. So I personally feel like I'm very much still in the matrescence journey myself. And as you just said, that is very true. You know, this is an undefined end. And while I know the mother in me was born with the birth of Flynn, it truly feels like I was a born, I was born like essentially starting at the beginning and learning to live like all parts of my life again. Like I had, it's like I had to learn to walk again and like talk again and make food again. Like it's, yeah, it's like I started back at the beginning and when they say rebirth, I hadn't kind of thought of it in that sense. It's like I had to relearn everything. Tell me more about this experience for women, what matrescence looks like and how on earth we nurture ourselves through this time while also nurturing and getting to know a tiny little human. Oh my gosh, right? Like I think that question just totally encompasses how complex this transition is. Mm-hmm. I often, you know, say to my clients, right? Like how do you truly wrap your head around kind of grieving who you once were, your pre-motherhood self, while like contemplating who you are becoming, all while trying to like raise and understand how to keep this little baby alive? Like just the depths of that complexity is so intense. Mm. Um, but to, I guess, to answer your question, I'd say, you know, while every single woman that becomes a mom experiences matrescence um, and it unites us all in that, it is so different for each one of us. Um, becoming a mother is truly, you know, a, it's a rite of passage. You are profoundly and for and forever a different woman. Um, and for some women, this transition actually might, you know, look or appear to come easier than for others based on so many different factors, you know, like their village support um, the relationship that she has with her partner, her confidence, et cetera. But every mother will experience a profound change in herself. And ultimately, it, it most likely will look different than anyone else's. But like I was saying, matrescence really begins the moment that the woman decides that she wants to conceive. This decision ultimately influences her behaviors, her thoughts, and the choices that she makes. Um, So women will often begin to examine their career choice, the food that she eats, you know, where she lives. Is she in a city or does she choose to, you know, relocate more to suburbia? Um, she begins to think differently about every aspect of her body, her period. Um, again, like I said, what she eats, what she drinks, 
it truly, I mean, through the lens of matrescence, when a woman makes the decision to conceive, her worldview changes. I'm getting goosebumps when you say that. And, you know, relating this, sorry to interrupt, I just wanted to touch on this though, like relating this to my clients who are currently trying to conceive and they, you know, they're not in the space where they're carrying their baby just yet. I witness them make so many changes in their life to fall into alignment with their truth because I feel like these tiny people, even before they're born, like before they're even conceived, they are this wonderful mirror back to us of the parts of our lives that aren't in alignment with our deeper truth. And like what you were saying there about, you know, how people sometimes move or, you know, they might look at their relationships differently or they change the way that they eat and nourish their bodies. It's like motherhood can become this beautiful lens for seeing the truth of the way that we're living. Because, you know, for me, I was like, okay, I have these habits or these things that I do that when it only impacts me, I'm like, oh, well, it's a decision I make and I wear the brunt of that. And I'm willing to kind of take that. But when you make decisions that are impacting another life, or another potential life, it's suddenly, I don't know, I feel like it calls you to kind of step up a bit. And like that, for me, that begun through trying to conceive and, you know, we had a long conception journey and then into pregnancy. And now in motherhood, I definitely look at my decisions with a different lens because I have a tiny person watching everything, every single thing that I do. And it's like, am I living in my truth? Am I living in my alignment? And while you're sharing how this kind of starts in conception, I can totally see how that seed was planted for me like eight years ago. And it's like, continue to grow. Like it's so powerful. Oh, it is right. It's so deeply profound. And, and like you were mentioning earlier, we, we, we tend to hyper-focus on what's tangible and what we can control, like what products we buy and how, you know, how we choose to feed our baby, et cetera. And there isn't much focus on the woman as she transitions and the emotional impact and the psychological impact that this new role has on her. And mm. it, it far exceeds what we talk about um, in, in our common, in our common topics of our conversation. It's so true. It's so, and you know, I think um, there's so much resonance in this conversation for me that like, I'm nodding my head and like getting goosebumps all the time. So I probably need to be a little bit more, um, <laughs> a little bit more of a host than someone who's just like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> but no, so but much of what you're saying it. really resonates with me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think that just being able to name the experience and use the word matrescence to identify your experience really can be liberating on one's journey and help totally. them feel not so alone. Yes, because I think that's the thing is being able to understand, you know, the definition of matrescence as well, because, you know, society tells us, I don't know what it's like for you where you live, but in Australia, it's like postpartum is six weeks and that is like absurd. You know, the postpartum period is a lot longer than that. And then there's almost like this assumption that, you know, once you hit a certain point after giving birth, that then life just returns to normal. But I feel like now, like this deep in motherhood, I'm like, where's the like people home cooking for me now? I need it now more than ever. But it's, you know, having this definition and this understanding and sparking up these conversations 
conversations with our friend groups around, you know, like I still feel like I'm transitioning and understanding and learning how to be a mother every single day. Like, are you feeling this too? And like, talk to me about your experience. I think it's really powerful to open up this conversation. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk more about later how you can support people if they really want specific support, but even just being able to talk about our experiences and educate the people around us as to, you know, why we might be struggling a little bit or why, you know, deep into motherhood, we've got these other things that are popping up for us. Yeah, it it does give us a tool, like you said. Thank you so much for sharing that because I I agree. And over here in in the United States as well, it is that six-week postpartum period and you also are expected to have it all figured out by then. Um, but, but absolutely like your journey of matrescence continues long after those initial six weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly, you know, with each new, um, developmental stage that our child experiences, that's a new stage in us, a new opportunity to evolve and grow and potentially reawaken those aspects of ourselves that have been sleeping for a long time. Mm -hmm. So true. So, okay, so I want to talk about the self-care part of this. Do you feel like self-care plays into this journey? Because like, I kind of want to hear your take on that because it's definitely something we hear a lot going into motherhood is to like prioritize our self-care, prioritize our relationship with ourselves. I Yeah, I want to kind of hear your take on that in relation to matrescence. Oh, absolutely. So um, I think, right, we know this about women and it begins really in young age with adolescent girls that somehow we hear these messages in society about, you know, putting ourselves last, making sure we take care of everyone before ourselves, etc. And I think from much more of a societal level, there needs to be a shift in this where young girls and women are Uh, taught that taking care of themselves and nurturing themselves is essential to the well-being of our society because in women inherently are what keep uh, the human race going, right? We are the ones that carry new life. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves, we won't be healthy enough to be able to take care of those around us. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I think more from like a cultural or a societal lens, uh, the messages that we're sending to young girls and women needs to start to shift around self-care. And then, you know, really in my eyes, if, if a woman, uh, doesn't have that, uh, deep knowing of how worthy she is and how important she is and deserving of taking care of herself before she becomes mother, then that journey of learning how to incorporate self-care once the baby is with her is that much more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that like hearing you say that, it's um it's really easy, and I have seen this many times, to not go against the grain, right? So society, like you said, society tells us, and many of us have grown up believing that our self-care, we know it's important, but that there's like this kind of expectation that it's like a little bit further down the list. And so yeah. it's it's really easy to just subscribe to that and carry on with that. But, you know, what you're saying, you know, in, in us changing that story and teaching the younger generations that it can't be that way, we have to be the ones to do something about it. We can't wait for society to give us permission. That's not how it works, right? Like us as the mothers, the birthing people, it's up to us to behave according to what we know to be true rather than waiting for society to set itself up 
to serve us, we need to create a society that does. And I think that's like, that's really empowering to think like, and also kind of daunting, but, you know, collectively as mothers and birthing people, I think it's really important that we come together and we, we create this opportunity and we change these expectations because, you know, I know for me, I, um, I, I absolutely love and adore my mother. And I also witnessed her give up so much of herself mm. to parent my brother and I, and I can see that happening in me, but I don't want to pass that on. I don't want to, I don't want to pass that on to my son for his expectation of women around him and our future children. You know, if I have a daughter one day, I want her to value her own self-care in the way that I'm learning to. So I think, you know, we are very much in this kind of in-between generation where so many of us saw our mothers and grandmothers give so much of themselves yes. to their children to the detriment of their own health and well-being or like, you know, to to give beyond their capacity essentially. And so, you know, it is, it's a, it's a fine line, right? Like I have days where you know, at some point in the day, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Like I'm feeling like I'm honoring myself. And then later in the day where I'm like, I've given beyond my capacity, Yes, (laughs) you know, it's, it's such a dance and we're learning, but we are in this kind of bridging generation. I feel where we understand and we know, and we're, you know, we're taking steps to, to change this um, and the way that society behaves around mothers. And yeah, it truly does come from us. We have to do it. We do. We absolutely have to do it. I, I think self-care also then, you know, to just speak on the heels of that is is ultimately a mind shift. Uh, it, it requires that we we look through a different lens where it's not an, obli- an excuse me, an obligatory, if that's even the right word, mm-hmm. um, where self-care doesn't become this obligation that we have to do this for ourselves, but instead it just becomes part of our daily routine where we think enough of ourselves as we do about other people. Mm, um, and I think that I is good. Right. Right. When, when we finally see ourselves um, as equal to, and not lesser than, then uh, we truly can begin and continue to step into that space of supporting other people. Mm. And so talking about what you were saying before with, uh, you know, if you haven't had a self-care practice prior to becoming a mother, that it's going to be that much more complicated to establish that. It sounds like a big part of this and like a foundational part of being able to care for ourselves is like self-respect, like having that level of respect and appreciation and loving and appreciating ourselves like in that deeper way, like that is what prompt self-care like rather than it being like a oh something on my to-do list the way that you kind of get it to come from somewhere deeper and essentially you know be something that can be sustainable and something that you have a desire to do is to come from that deeper relationship with yourself so um, I want to ask you a little bit about how people can apply this if this is feeling relevant but I'm kind of hearing in that that if you're trying to conceive right now or if you are pregnant and you're kind of heading into this space and you're wondering what you can do, it's like, okay, we'll work on your relationship to yourself. Like how do you see yourself? How do you feel about yourself? Because that's what's going to drive you to remain, you know, in a space where you feel like taking care of yourself is a priority as opposed to just popping something else on your to-do list. Yes, so much so, mm. so much so. And and I think that self-care also, we tend to think of it as like, oh, I need to go get a manicure, take a bubble <laughs> bath, right? And like, that's all like the fluff. Self-care truly is like way more fundamental than that. It's mm. the thoughts we have about ourselves, the story we tell ourselves. And it, it doesn't have to cost us a lot of money or take up a lot of time. It just requires that we are intentional, Um 
about about really the story we tell ourselves. Yeah, it's like holding out holding our internal talk to a higher standard. Hey, because yeah. like you said, like those things are fun, and like if you have the ability to do those things, then you should absolutely do them. But if this is about like how do I build a relationship with myself, a manicure is not going to be the thing. <laughs> like it really is about like yeah, how we talk to ourselves on that deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for the people in my audience who are listening and thinking like, OMG, this is me, what are your top tips that they can take to support themselves right now? If they're deep in matrescence, they're like, oh my goodness, this is me. This is the word that describes everything I've been feeling. Like, what can they do right now? Okay. I love this question because so oftentimes when, when a woman does feel like, oh yes, that's the word that describes my experience there's usually also like a little trail of I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling lost. I am slightly having an identity crisis. And so <laughs> I love how you're like, just a little trail. I'm like, girlfriend, it's a big trail. <laughs> fair, fair, absolutely fair. Um, but an activity I would recommend for any woman or mom that is experiencing feeling a little bit lost on their journey of becoming mama um, is to take out a sheet of paper and write out three columns. So one of them you're going to title like your relationships, another is your personal social life, and another is the relationship to, to your body. And I'm happy to maybe even send you over um, a diagram of this so that the listeners can download it if they, if they would Amazing. Like. I can put that in the show notes. That would be great. Excellent. Wonderful. Because this might be a little bit more complicated. Um, but the idea ultimately is that they're listing out activities uh, that you used to do pre-motherhood self that filled your cups in those areas. So it might be a date night, massage, meditation, walking the dog, um, you know, having a glass of wine, etc. And ultimately, the goal is that week by week, you slowly begin to incorporate an aspect or an activity rather um, from each of those different areas of your life. So you're intentionally reaching towards bringing those pre-motherhood versions of yourself back into your life as mom. Amazing. I love that. I'm going to do that as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. No, it it truly can be a way of, of almost acknowledging and allowing yourself to grieve who mm. you once once were in that pre-motherhood self while also saying, hey, what part of me do I really miss and is important that I that I work on reintegrating back into my life? Yes, amazing. I feel like there's like a side note that I feel to add here on my personal experiences. I have done like this, similar things to this in the past. And like I said, I'm, you know, I'm over three years into motherhood now. So I have been dancing with this, you know, really for a long time because we were trying to conceive for five years. And I feel like something that surprised me, and maybe this is like a forewarning. Yes. <laughs> um, so many of the things that lit me up before motherhood, they felt so different as a mother. Mm. And it wasn't, yeah, I, I I really needed to, like you said, grieve who I was before and let go of those things and not force myself to try and do them. And instead lean into the things that also, you know, some of them were pre-motherhood as well, but the ones that felt really aligned for me and they were giving me what I needed. Like an example of this is yoga. Like my yoga practice before I became a mother was really beautiful and something that I was very consistent with and it served me so well and I'm only just 
feeling like yoga is that to me now, like three years on from giving birth. And every time I went back before that, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what I needed. And it was really interesting to me. And there was a period of time where I really beat myself up about that. But I think, you know, back to my point before about like when we, it really feels like we're reborn. Like this was one of those experiences for me where I was like, wow, in this new phase of my life, yoga just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me like it did before. And I really, I need to grieve that for this period of my life, but it has come back. Um, But yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to make that point in case people do that. And they're like, oh, this thing just doesn't feel as good as it used to, that there might be something else that really lights you up now. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And absolutely so, so true, right? Like you are forever a new version of yourself. And there are aspects of that pre-motherhood self that no longer serve that same purpose that they once did. And so allowing yourself that space to like grieve and process Mm. and let go of that expectation that, you know, you'll ever fit those pants again or (laughs) whatever that expectation is. And instead really work on finding compassion and love for who it is you are becoming. Mm, So powerful. And so let's take it kind of a step back, um, you know, pre becoming a mama. So for the beautiful humans who are listening, who are currently trying to conceive or they're pregnant, they haven't, they haven't birthed their babies yet. What could they be doing right now to like with this awareness of matrescence to support themselves pre birth for essentially their rebirth? So I love this. Thank you so much for asking this question because so much of in my in my own study of understanding more of postpartum care and and matrescence, um, I I really have come to appreciate and understand how necessary it is for uh, for mothers to ultimately find a way of going back to the way that that we used to mother long long ago, and um, in so. In so doing that, it is finding moments of ritual and ceremony and rites of passage that truly do reflect and honor this profound time of in-between for women. Mm. And so for those women that are on their journey of conceiving, I often I often invite them to create an altar for this time of their life. Um, so I, I would say, you know, look and find a beautiful ceramic bowl to serve as your womb. And then fill it up, like actually write down some of your hopes or positive affirmations and maybe even some notes to your baby's soul. Oh my and gosh, then, this is amazing. I love this. Right, right. Well, just it's it's truly becoming that sacred space for you as, as woman to just sit with what it is you are cultivating in, in both a physical and spiritual sense. Mm. Um, and then really incorporate this into a daily practice. So sit by your altar with one hand on your heart, one hand on your womb, taking some deep breaths and just reminding yourself that you are on a journey of becoming mama. And yeah, I, I just think the more intentionality and uh, more honoring we can do of ourselves and our body on this journey the more clarity um, we will have. Mm, I love that so much, like getting present with this process. You know, it's, um, it's I, I see it all the time that it's, it's easy to just 
approach pregnancy and conception from a really practical standpoint, like we touched on earlier about motherhood and, you know, understanding the fundamental practicalities of becoming a parent. But I think that it's important. And this is something that I really, really celebrate with my clients, especially when we're working together one-on-one is being able to be connected to the part of this that doesn't feel tangible, you know, and Mm. so much of conceiving and pregnancy where, you know, there is science to it, right? There's science to you know, to, to help us understand what is happening, uh, you know, you know, on a, like a chemical level when we are conceiving and, uh, you know, through pregnancy, but as someone who I've said this a few times, um, today, but as someone who took, it took a long time to conceive, I have no doubt in my mind that there is a level of magic that occurs for somebody to birth and hold a healthy little baby in their arms. Like, the amount of things that need to occur in that process for that to happen that I became so much more aware of through our conception journey with Flynn, it blows my mind. And so for me, that's given me such a beautiful gift of understanding that this is, there's so much of this that is magic and it is occurring in the in the woman's body. And so I love how you suggest bringing ritual into this process and not, you know, there there's time and space for the practical part of conception and pregnancy and doctors and so on. But bringing back that intentionality, like you're suggesting to this process around that spiritual element and that deeper element, that part of this that we cannot control, that is magic, right? That is like something otherworldly that just, it's so, so special and so precious and it's occurring in our body. I think that that is so powerful as women for us to take that power back. You know, that's, I I love that of writing letters and putting it into like a womb bowl. I think it's so, so beautiful and such a lovely practice for us to start to connect to the little soul, you know, whether they're, it's in conception or through pregnancy, but to start to build that relationship. What, like, what a beautiful practice. Oh, yes. Yes. No, I, I absolutely agree that there is, there is a balance between the science and then also this magic that exists. And mm. I think they, they benefit one another, but um, yeah, the, the magic and the, the essence of, or the spirituality, whatever anyone would choose to, to describe that experience is equally as important, um, especially in honoring the woman's transition. Mm. And, you know, a beautiful question, like you could ask yourself if I, you know, if I was completely honoring and respecting my body for the brilliance that it is, how would I show up for conception? How would I show up for pregnancy? How would I show up for birth? Like, how would I show up for motherhood? Because it's like when we hold ourselves to that highest standard of I am worthy, I am deserving, I'm magnificent, suddenly our actions change. Like we take back our power. Yeah. So much so. Mm, Love. So much so. (laughs) So if there was one thing you could make every woman aware of in relation to becoming a mother, like if we could just blast a loudspeaker over the whole world and every woman, every birthing person had to listen, what would you want them to know? Oh gosh, just one thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is such, such a hard question for me because I don't know if I actually can pick one specific thing, but I'll I'll let you pick more than one. (laughs) Um, Okay. So ultimately I, I think it would be to make sure you just adorn yourself with constant affirmations and reminders. Um, 
ultimately that the biggest one of all, I guess, would be to acknowledge that motherhood is just simply a roller coaster of emotions with a lot of conflicting emotions too, both present at the exact same time. Um, and, and honoring the complexity and the depths of this time of in between in your life with every ounce of your soul, allowing yourself to grieve and allowing yourself to experience joy simultaneously uh, without letting it drive you crazy um, takes constant practice. And just as much um, as your baby is a newborn deserving of tender, loving care, so are you. And uh, just to, yeah, allow yourself to be taken care of and loved on. So beautiful. And that starts now, like no matter where you're at in your journey, like that can begin now or it can expand now, depending on where we're at. I love it. The most beautiful advice. And it excites me for the future, for future generations, you know, where we're doing the work to start to shift this. And, you know, I like to think that my grandchildren, that it will be a very different time for for birthing people and this transition into motherhood. I, I really am hopeful that the future, that, that it's heading back in that direction. You know, so much of our power has been taken away from us as women through the pregnancy, birth and motherhood process. And we're calling it back bit by bit. It's really exciting. We've got a long way yeah. to go, but we're, we're starting. <laughs> so absolutely, if somebody's listening and they really want some extra support with this and they know that they really, you know, they, they want someone to kind of hold their hand through this process, what offerings do you currently have available to support matrescence? Okay. So um, at Mama's Modern Village, we offer uh, one-on-one matrescence coaching. So it's working with women desiring to more deeply unpack their journey and really awaken aspects of themselves that they are ready to meet again. Um, We also are uh, licensed clinical social workers, so we can provide individual therapy, so a lot more processing work with women anywhere along their journey of becoming mama. So from preconception all the way through the many, many years of motherhood down the road, we offer postpartum planning support, couples counseling for expecting a new parents, and then we also offer two free um, mama circles monthly. So one of them is for the new mama, new me. And that is just a drop in a mama circle for any new mom within her first year postpartum. And um, oftentimes we'll pick a topic of conversation for, for that month and then just create a space for women to share openly about their experience. And the other one is an expecting mama circle. Um, And that one, again, is a place for women to drop in and just open up and feel seen and heard on their journey of what it means to be pregnant. Beautiful. So beautiful. And I will link everything into the show notes so that my community can come and find you on social media and they can get access to all of those beautiful offerings that you have. Thank you so much, Chelsea. This has been such a great chat and I really can't wait to share it with my community. It's a it's a really big topic and I love that we have started to open this conversation within my community and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that 
there will be more acceptance and more support for women through this postpartum experience, particularly um, in the future. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's been so beautiful to have you here today. I am grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast. For more, go to katecaddle.com. If you loved the show, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you are more of a candid girl and like to see what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm really like, come and check me out on Instagram, Kate underscore cattle. I'll see you soon.